And we're live. We're back here with Our Views Will Kill You. And as always, I am joined by my partners here. I have uh, Tommy B, Noob Noob. Hi. And you may know him from such films as Booty Shakers 15 and uh, The Samsons Go to Atlantis. Actually, that was under a surname that I didn't use often. That was a Long Johnson. Long <laughs> Johnson. We have Scott Keebler joining us as always. Hey, Scott. I'm back. And what do we have on the docket today, noob noob? So we have uh, Blade Runner 2049. Um, that's a couple years off from our current date, but uh, they just went with it. So uh, yeah, just came out this Friday. Um, so we're going ahead and reviewing that one. Blade Runner 2049. Uh, interesting movie because it's the... Uh, it's the sequel to a movie that's 35 years old. This is 35. 82 is when it came out. I think it's thir- Yeah, it's, it's yeah, 2017. 35. So that minus th- that would be 35 years. Yeah. So and it's by a different director, uh, Villanueva, De- Dennis Villanueva. Yep. Yeah, he did uh, the Arrival and uh, Sicario. Didn't see either of those. I heard Arrival is good. Uh, Sicario, I got recommended, but was too lazy to watch. He was trying to make it look like the original Ridley Scott movie because the, the visually it was about the same exact thing altogether. It was close. I think there was a few subtle differences. And, um, you know, it, 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 well, here's some of the subtle differences that I felt. I felt the original was a little more claustrophobic. Whereas the new one, there was a lot of open space, a lot of things to look at. I thought visually it was, as they say, a feast for the eyes. Well, the other one is, was claustrophobic. A lot had to do with the way they filmed it. It was forced perspective for those wide pyramid, I guess, the worst shots. And then, of course, the sound stages were smaller, so they had to tighten everything down real tight there. Well, I, th- I think part of it, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, what Blade Runner, the original, supposedly takes place in 2019, and uh, that's two years from now in Los Angeles, which is exactly what Los Angeles looks like right now. Yes, so Los Angeles looks like smokestacks. They predicted that perfectly. Yes, perfectly. <laughs> I, rem- I apocalyptic. <laughs> I recall distinctly uh, when we lived in LA that uh, we lived in pyramids on yes. giant and used to take giant elevators up to those pyramids and actually that was just a big refrigerator box but still we could call it a pyramid whatever you want to do well yes i did i did live out of boxes for quite some time so um as we go to review it i think in this particular episode we're going to be bouncing back and forth between the old one and the new one because there's a lot to to describe there and um let's just get everybody's general impressions of the movie uh, we'll try not to spoil anything for now and just get an idea of, of what everybody thought. What do you think, Noob Noob? Um, yeah, I, I just saw it this morning. Um, I was really going into it, not seeing the original, um, and I was really looking for the three tits character. I, I don't know where that was. I, I guess they edited it out. I, I wasn't sure. I, I only, was s- If I recall correctly, I only saw two titted characters. There were a couple two titted characters, so that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. But Yes. Yeah, so but the, the no extra the extra tit was really what drew me into this movie. I didn't know. I knew there were. Yeah, that was Mars, and that was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that. Yeah, was didn't they total re- did they recast? Oh, that's total. <laughs> that's total, total recall. Total recall, total recall total which total they already redid yes. not too long ago, and completely ruined that movie. <laughs> that was just a train wreck. Well, Who is it? Oh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell. Some other people. I don't. I I know the dude from Breaking Bad was the bad guy, and it's just awful. 
Um, I watched that movie and immediately forgot it. Yeah, that's that's what's interesting about like the reboots and remakes. So as you are, you're thinking about, and well, you didn't see the original, but as you're thinking of Blade Runner 2049, are you going to remember anything about that movie? Uh, I that it had no point, pretty much. I mean, I don't. I still going into it. I was like, okay, the reviews are great. Everything is, you know, fantastic about this movie. It's three hours long, so that's kind of it, it's going to need to draw my attention. But I left, and I was like, this movie is about getting slaves, and that's it. <laughs> Literally slaves, just Sla- slaves. Slave ownership in 2049. I think uh, Scott and I went to go see it, and our m- movie experience was a little bit different. I had one person to my left that I was afraid that was going to crap his pants, and then I had uh, as he fell asleep a, a couple to my right who, who who I was afraid of crapping their pants. So the, you can only mo- guess which which one was going to. As soon crap as the movie the started, first. there was no lady in the back. Are we in the right theater? <laughs> this movie's supposed to start at one. Is this theater three? I don't know where I am right now. I just pooped myself. <laughs> Is this the Blade Runner? <laughs> so we had to experience that. And then uh, I think the funniest thing that happened was <laughs> the guy, the one guy fell asleep, woke up and goes, this is the longest movie I've ever seen. And, and then he <laughs> proceeded to fall asleep for the next hour. So uh, good for you. I mean, I did the same thing for the first Blade Runner. I just watch it in three sittings. Oh, I watched it and straight it through. Was, oh, my God. I can't believe it. Well, the thing that really I remember about the first Blade Runner, uh, it's funny because I, I do like Ridley Scott. And I, I love Alien, probably one of the greatest horror movies ever made. I, I think it's a great, great movie. But Blade Runner, when I was a kid, I just remember it being like, this is really boring. Well, <laughs> and I have no, like, I have no, um, like, attachment to the movie. I, I don't really, c- like, care that much about it. You know, like, Star Wars, Alien, like, those movies are, like, epic and, you know, forged my childhood. And Blade Runner was like, meh, what's a Blade Runner? A couple fun things about that first movie. First off, everyone hated Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott hated everybody else in that set. I think that was, may have been one of his first movies when he came to America. And he worked very differently overseas as he did here. Oh, Harrison Ford still hates and it him over pissed it. off everybody. Harrison Ford also didn't talk about the movie for years and years and years. And finally, I think recently opened up about the first one. Well, here's the problem, towards too. The, wait, wait. So towards the end of that, Ridley Scott got canned. So somebody else came involved. I can't remember the other guy's name. He came in and had to re-edit everything. Not re-edit, but he started to do all the editing. And it was another four-hour fiasco. And they're like, well, this can't happen. So that's when they cut everything down. And that's when they had to bring Harrison Ford in to do a voiceover on the first movie, which is also completely ridiculous. Well, we saw that the <laughs> other night. We uh, we we caught that. T- well, that's the other problem with Blade Runner. There's like seven cuts of the movie, and you don't know which cut you're gonna watch. So if you're coming, all. but if you're coming into this new 2049 movie, you don't know which cut to watch. The cut that we saw the very end of had the Harrison Ford like happy ending voiceover, which was just atrocious. I saw the director's cut the other night, so I watched the whole thing head to tail. The only thing is, as someone who watched the whole thing, um, my expectations were much different going into this. I don't know how I feel about it. Like It didn't really answer any questions for me. I, I thought it looked really good. Some of the performances were awesome. I thought some of the acting was really kind of cool and good. But as far as like, kind of like what Noob Noob said, as far as a plot goes, like I, nothing happened. That they didn't answer anything. So I don't. I don't know. I kind of. It's too. Long. Well, here's what I'll say. For the amount of time that it was for a three-hour movie, 
I want my time back. You know, they could have cut that thing down to like two hours or two and a half hours, accomplished the same thing. Could have done it in an hour with as much was actually in the movie and how much dead space there was in between. And they redid those stupid flyby scenes where they took themselves completely too seriously, showing that city off. And there was another wasted hour of showing the city over and over in those long flybys. Yeah, the pans the same and all that the stuff. First movie that way too much. What I I I hated it. So you hated <laughs> it. I hated it. So noob noobs kind of indifferent. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand. I never saw the first one, so I don't know if it, you need to see the first one. Does it make more sense? I. It kind of does, but because I watched everything, I know Scott watched one of the cuts of the original. I watched the director's cut, and I watched the prequel thingies that they released online, where Villanueva is like introducing these other directors to explain what was going on. Those made little to no sense. They had no. They to me, they added nothing to the movie. They were really pointless. The only there's like one that had. Um, Jared Leto's character doing something, and then there's another one that had um, Dave Bautista doing something, which was completely pointless, and then there was like an animated one. It was an anime, and that one was also completely pointless. I, I don't really get what they were trying to set up. I, I, it, I would say the Jared Leto one was the most important. Just because it sets the tone for the movie, and I guess this isn't a spoiler because if you're going to watch the movie, you may or may not watch the spoilers. But essentially, the Jared Leto one, Jared Leto, uh, there's some great blackout or some nonsense that happened in between the two movies. And Jared Leto's just explaining, like, I made new replicants and they obey me 100%. So it, it didn't add a whole ton to it. It was literally like they were – it was one scene and they were only in one room the entire time and they actually probably had Jared Leto was in more scenes in that movie than he was in this one I, I mean it, I was also kind of ridiculous but let's not go there yet we're still just trying to get everybody's because I know Scott's got opinions <laughs> on those things <laughs> so um, I, I think overall kind of mixed reviews I, IGN Rotten Tomatoes what do those guys say did they have yeah, well, not mixed reviews from them, uh, from us, on the other hand, but IGN gave it a 9.7, uh, called it amazing. Blade Runner 2049 is a sequel that never should have happened, but it defied all odds to become one of the best ever, and an instant classic, so I I, I don't know what I kind think of they saw a different movie. Maybe we saw the wrong cut in the theater. Is that possible? Maybe you just need to be on drugs in order to see this movie and enjoy it for what it is. Yo. I think <laughs> if I was on some major hallucinogens, I would have loved that movie. They're okay. Well, I will say, like, yeah, I want my time back. I did find, like, I have new appreciation for some of the actors, and I think we'll get into the performances at some point. I think at, at this, we've kind of come to a, some sort of consensus that we're a little confused by the reviews, and we're not 100% sure how, like, why it's getting such high reviews. Um, let's talk a little bit about the old one, because I, I had some interesting, at least in my mind, interesting thoughts about the old one. As, uh, I guess, a child of the 80s, I, I think it's interesting – well, I wasn't really a child. I was very young in the 80s. Let's not You're old. Me. We get it. Okay, okay well, move I'm on. Old. The original the, – the interesting thing that I found as soon as I watched the old Blade Runner in the opening scenes and some of the, this thing that kind of concurrently fell through was uh, it was very xenophobic about Asians. And at the time in the 80s, 
it's interesting. There's a whole bunch of movies. Remember, there was a movie uh, with Michael Keaton where he he's like worried that the Japanese are going to come and take all his jobs. Batman. Yes, Batman. <laughs> And th- and th- th- there was some ridiculous movie that he made in the 80s. And it was funny. Back in the 80s, people thought like Japan was going to buy all of the United States and, and we were going to own anything. So their depiction of 2019 was that everything was going to be in Chinese or Japanese. I'm pretty sure it's Japanese. And we'd all be eating out of rice bowls and no one would like – there was no assimilation of culture. And I really thought it was xenophobic showing that like – Oh, these giant corporations that don't exist anymore, like Atari. Does that even exist anymore? Yeah, Atari still exists. I think. I don't, I know. don't think it exists. I'm it, it was fairly certain. I have no I clue know, if I'm right or not. In the movie, they it was prominent in the movie. Atari was in the movie. This new one. I yeah, think. but there was a throwback. And did you think to yourself, like, gee, Atari doesn't do anything right now? No, they had a game system back exist. in the '80s. I think. Yes, they yeah. d- they invented Pong. a little before your time, right? Yeah, no, uh-huh. definitely. My mom didn't have sex yet then. Or <laughs> well, she did, just not with my dad. <laughs> I don't. Whatever. Anyway, so um, they did. So it, I felt there was definitely a little bit of xenophobia, and I also agree with Scott's point where if you watch the first movie, and I, I don't know that I agree that anybody should watch it, is there was like this whole panning thing that they like to do. They were so in love with the special effects that they created. It reminded me of Star Trek the movie, which is unwatchable. <laughs> I, you <laughs> cannot watch Star Trek the movie. The motion picture. Star, the, Trek, Star the Trek, Trek the motion picture. Star Trek the motion picture is an unwatchable movie. There's literally 15 minutes of pan and scan on that of like miniatures where they're just like, look how amazing this looks. It's fantastic. It's so bad. And when you have to bring the main character back in to narrate the entire movie to explain what the hell's going on because you don't can't get the whole storyline into an eight-hour movie, you fucked up big time. Well, they... <laughs> That's the point is uh, uh, t- I, I think that Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford literally patched things up within like the past two years because when Harrison Ford did the movie, he hated Ridley Scott. They despised each other. Everybody hated Ridley Scott. It wasn't just Harrison Ford. Everybody on that set hated Ridley Scott the I entire heard time. Too, they like made shirts up and things where they like were – like oh, I I I read a story about like they made shirts about yeah, how they, they hate tr- each other. They did it like to try and break the ice, and it helped for a little bit. But they still kicked Ridley Scott out towards the end. It brought somebody else in to edit it, which is why they had to have the main character come back and do this narration, which was completely monotone. Well, when we watched the end, like you you said, it was laughable because the end it, they give the original Blade Runner this happy ending, and he. Harrison Ford narrates the end of it, and he obviously does not want to be there, doesn't want to be doing this. No. I know the studio forced him to do it, so he was really pissed but about it. But it. it was so bad. The storyline, the story was completely lost so much that he had to come back and narrate it three or four or five times during the movie itself. <laughs> when, yeah. When you need that much narration, you fucked up. Yeah, well, they d- uh, I, the whole movie was supposedly a disaster when they made it. Obviously, it bombed when it came out. And the interesting thing too is um, we had mentioned this. It's it's considered like the the importance of Blade Runner is it's the cult classic. Like there wasn't anything at such as it didn't exist before. There was no cult classics before Blade Runner came out. It literally bombed so hard it almost ruined Ridley Scott's career. Harrison Ford still luckily had you know Star Wars and Indiana Jones. To yeah, back he just up came on. off of Indiana but Jones, but he was he was trying to do something different where he wasn't trying to be the same character i i could see the appeal of being like oh we're going to do like a detective novel but it's in the future and it's about replicants and this whole thing and then getting stuck 
doing this thing with Ridley Scott, who's, you know, this maniacal director who's, you know, beating you up the whole time. I could see where people didn't get why, you know, they, they're friends. Although, obviously, he came back to do this new one. Yeah, the, the original Blade Runner actually got destroyed uh, at the box office by E.T., um, which was already out two weeks. So it's not like it had any appeal whatsoever when it first came out, but it became an instant cult classic and probably one of the first cult movies. It's because um, the drugs are good, man. <laughs> man, we can't go to the movies, but we can watch it on TV. These drugs are awesome. Well, I, and, and I think visually it's weird because like, I don't feel like these two are even really sequels in some sense because – the first movie, the the first Blade Runner, is clearly a detective novel, and there was in this new one. I didn't find that. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like it was a noir. There was like so few characters that it, it he really interacted with even less characters than there were in the first movie, and I thought that was just kind of bizarre. Um, I don't know. The movie didn't strike me the same way as the original did. The original had like a this like visual panache to it that like he was trying to to make a point with certain things like when you would see a replicant in the original movie, they would have like this glossy thing to their eyes where you would catch it and that's like one of the big debates. So, I mean, I guess at this point we can start talking spoilers. Fun fact, that glossy effect was from a mirror in another lens. That was the first time they did that. Practical that effects. That was the, one of the first practical effects, and it was like the first time they used that. That was like breaking right then and there. That was like the greatest thing ever done right there, and all that was was just a mirror and a light shown into the actor's eyes at the right angle. Yeah, it was. It's actually really cool. So I guess it's spoiler alert time. We're going to spoil yeah, everything. Spoiler alert! Spo- we need like a klaxon and stuff. We need like <laughs> sirens and shit. Yeah, but for this movie, there's nothing to spoil because nothing happens. So I don't really. And, yeah, literally, it's funny when Scott and I got out of the movie, we we're like, oh, we could talk about spoilers from the beginning because literally nothing happens. Nothing gets spoiled. They don't even answer the primary question that's on everybody's mind when you go into this movie. And the other – here's one complaint that I have, one major criticism of the new movie. Clearly, everybody in the future is going to be deaf because when I saw that movie, the sound – like there's like noises that come out of nowhere for no reason. There's like car noises or flying car noises. There's no flying cars around, but I can hear a flying yeah, car. After that movie, I'm deaf. That in the theater was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, right? It, it was, was It was horrible. Did, was your experience it, similar? It, no, it, it puts you in the moment, that's for sure. Just loud noises everywhere and just, you know, Ryan Gosling looks and left and then a giant fucking blowhorn goes off and I'm just like, wow, I feel like I'm right there with him and he's beautiful. So I don't really <laughs> oh know. God, Ryan Gosling. I, don't I love Ryan Gosling. Oh, oh my he, God, he's so sexy. He well, really, I, yeah, we can is. talk about performances. We, we will get there because – there's some special people in my life now that we need to talk about. But <laughs> let's get so the uh, let's talk about the original part where um, we were talking about that practical effect, and so the way the audience could tell that someone was a replicant was because of this practical effect. And the big question from the original was: Is Deckard a replicant? Nobody really knows, and in the new movie, they don't answer that question. They're just like. Meh. Maybe is, maybe isn't. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Jared Leto's character says that exact. He's like, 
Maybe you're a Republican. Maybe you're not. Well, it does not answer that question in, at all. In, in the one of the two minutes that he was actually on screen, he did say, that's what you were designed for, leading into you thinking that he was a Republican. And then right after that, he's like, only – But maybe you weren't designed But maybe for you that. weren't. And, maybe and, it's just a mathematical And equation. Harrison's reaction to that just was simply, I know what's real. All right, cool, because we don't. He says the same thing to the dog. He goes like, oh, he goes, is the dog real? And he's like, ask the dog. I just feel like they really tried to escape that answer. And, and here's the, the other breeze. interesting thing from the first one. So when they're, they have rep, these replicants, but Ridley Scott never really shows you. My impression from the first one is that replicants are androids, like some sort of robot. In the book, the book this is based off of. I can't remember the name of it. All uh, androids dream. Do androids, androids dream of electric sheep? Of electric sheep. Yes, they were called androids, and they were called some, something else. There was like some pet name for them, but they thought that was too cutesy, so that's why they went with replicants. So, uh, from what you saw in the new one, what do you think replicants are? Uh, see, now when when I hear replicants, well, we talked, and you said android, so I immediately thought machine. But in the movie. The first scene with uh, the replicant, uh, Dave Bautista's character, I forget his name, but he was a weird farmer. Sapper with, or something. Yeah, like with weird bugs and shit, and Ryan Gosling goes and basically does a standard thing and, and uh, says, hey, you're a replicant, you know, you abandoned your post or what I don't – again, there's just no point to this movie. I don't get it. But so then they fight, and he shoots him in the chest twice and kills him. So if you're an android you're n- and if you're a machine, getting shot in the chest isn't going to do shit. So I'm thinking it's human, humanoid, android, well, or that's I the don't. Weird thing. Uh, so in the first movie, like the there's a significance to the gun that they use. So Deckard uses the same gun as K Joe, whatever his name is in the new movie. Uh, he uses the same gun, and in my opinion, I guess the gun is 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 a heavier duty gun. Like it's supposed to put pretty big holes it in people. It has magic bullets. It has magic bullets, and. W- at one point in the original movie, one of the replicants gets like their head blown off. But Ridley Scott doesn't show what happens to that person. Like you see them all bleed. Yeah, they bleed. But then in the new movie, they show Rachel, and Rachel's got like bones and shit, and they can't tell the difference whether or not she's a human or she's a replicant. So are they clones? Are they androids? Is this Ridley Scott like why is ruining the, why Alien was there again? a serial number in a random scratch that somebody with a knife at yeah. one point? So you scratch why was the serial someone? number right there. I it, yeah. that's part of it. I feel like Ridley Scott, you know, is getting older, wants to do a bunch of movies. I don't know why he didn't direct this one and, and gave it to Villanueva. I, he's a good director, don't get me wrong, but you f- I find him, you know, he's like trying to ask questions about life, you know. Alien went from, you know, an, ex- an existential question about, you know, fear and xenophobia and those type of things to questions about you know who made us and, and prometheus and all that like i, I felt like the, he missed the mark there and now going back to blade runner again it's more like well what's real and what's not and and these replicants seem more like they're just clones or something i don't even know what they are do you remember i don't i, I just saw the movie myself i don't remember do you remember all the replicants did they have that glazy eye effect on them or no was it i was just looking Jared for Leto? it I was looking for it. And they said that, like, replicants were easier to find. First of all, in the new one, there's no humans. There is – I think there's, like, two humans in the entire movie, and I'm not even sure if they're humans. Um – Robin Wright. Sorry, there was a ch- cherry in my throat. Anyway, um, Robin Wright's character. <laughs> I the thought lo- you drink milk. That's what you're calling it now. Oh, my God. I love cherry milk. Um, when they bleed in it. Uh, anyway – 
Um, yeah, Robin Wright's character, Lieutenant Joe something. Let me bring that Jossie. up real quick. Yeah. She had a name. No one in the movie had a name either. No, except for Love and Not Joe. that it married. Not it, that it mattered. Actually, yeah. yeah. When, when he goes to uh, the company that made the things and he goes, mm-hmm. oh, you have a name. You must be special. Oh, that's right. Z leaned over to me. He's like, does he have a name? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> does Ryan Gosling even have a name in this? Like, I, I didn't know whether or not he had a name. I was like. Not until the sexy android named him. Then that's sexy when he had a name. Before then, it was actually android? just K, which, okay, so that was a serial number started with a K, so they called him yeah. K. That's what the lieutenant was calling him. Yeah, all of a sudden, it seems like uh, Ridley Scott has this weird fascination with, you know, because David is in the Alien Covenant and in Prometheus. He's got this weird fascination with, you know, what makes a person a person, and I, I feel like that kind of lost some of the plot of the of this new movie. You know, and the interesting thing is, when you go back to the old one, here's one of the big fights why Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford fought. Ridley Scott wanted to make it very ambiguous whether or not Deckard was an uh, was a, a replicant or not. And there's like one or two shots in the movie where you can kind of see like his eyes look a little weird, but you're not really sure. But it's very clear on some of the other replicants. So Ridley Scott wanted him to be a replicant in Ridley Scott's mind. Harrison Ford was like, no, I'm a human. The character's human. I don't – there's – he said it in interviews that he was he was a human, and he didn't think – he played the character like he was human. And, he, like, he gets his ass whipped by – like, any replicant in the movie whips his ass. So what is he, some old-ass prototype that sucks? Like, it doesn't make any sense for him to, to not be a human. And that was the original one. He couldn't make the leap across from building a building, and the, the replicant could. Jumped right over him. Yeah, well, the girl replicant whoops his ass too. Uh, well, if if in fact Daryl Hannah is is a girl, I mean, <laughs> kind of seems like that was ver- that was the most questionable part of the first movie. Was <laughs> Daryl Hannah a female? Because she was definitely tucking something in there. I I I don't know why she had to put the Joker makeup on during it too. That came out of absolutely nowhere. When all of a sudden she's like she's wearing the makeup from the Crow. Yeah, I d- that <laughs> didn't make any sense. It, 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 at least that first movie kind of had a plot, and you and it was it was interesting intellectually because you weren't sure who the protagonist was because you could look at it from both people's perspective, like both the replicants. Their perspective was they wanted to expand their lifelines. They wanted to live beyond four years. That was like they were set. Like they could only live for four years. Yeah, that was so the they, safety. So they came yeah. back home to Earth. So that they could extend their lifespan. Yeah, this new movie made no reference. They had that little text that came in the beginning. Nothing about four years or lifespan or anything. It was just. Well, I guess all that got wiped out in the big blackout. Bla- oh yeah, the black. So they're just like, we don't need to have a plot because we wiped out the whole earth. They also did talk about the different uh, uh, levels of robot. They talked about what, what was it? The the whatever. Oh, the eight, Nexus. The Nexus six. Nexus and eight. And then the Nexus yeah. eights and they like kind of glanced cool. by and casually talked about it. What what Nexus was Ryan Gosling? Okay, so he was he was a android or, or whatever. Well, I don't a know. Was he, but he wasn't. What he was definitely a replicant. He was. Yeah, he, he was started replicant, as a replicant. Which, which Nexus was. was he? Which which level? Which Nexus five thousand. Yeah, Nexus five thousand. Was he born? Was he not born? I don't know. Maybe like, the Terminator should have showed up in this one. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> that's what we needed. Arnold. That was what we were missing. We need Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold would have given the movie direction. Yeah, I, I think it was lacking that. That's see when I saw the movie, what 
if you were to sum up the plot in one sentence, what what would it be? Because I was just the only thing I got that was distinct was slave laborers. That's that was the goal get to get slave laborers. I'm gonna quote the guy that was in the theater with us. That I mean, that it, it really it's kind of funny because if if in the new movie there's no real antagonist. Uh, Jared Leto's character has isn't really a bad guy or a good guy. He just wants to make more slave labor, and I guess it'd be more convenient if they could give birth. But he could still make them. Like, yeah, he just keeps crapping out new ones, and if he wants well, to kill them, that's the other thing. He says in the movie, "I can make them, but there's only so much I can make." Well, why is there? St- they don't explain why he can't make just mass produce them. Like, well, what? I guess part of it is. I'm just guessing here is like the laws of exponential growth. So if you take, if you take two replicants that can make another replicant, like you'll have exponential growth where he can only, he's bound by the laws of manufacturing. So manufacturing can't make exponential right, growth. I the got same it. Way. Blade Runner three idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Well, that's the other thing. Is there any humans in this movie? No, there's there's just uh, the, the, the Lieutenant and, well, what do you call it? Uh, human, Jared Leto, for five minutes. I get, yeah, see, you don't even know that either because he can like interface. Oh with yeah, he does that. Yeah, no, no, Leto, Leto was a replicant. There's no way that he was human. It, I have no idea. They don't really. Let they don't you explain know. it at all. They and they don't care. Was they, he blind? After after he took the clip off his neck, he was looking around the room like he couldn't see anything. Well, and it's funny because uh, Jared Leto always the method actor. Went in. He took. He he went too deep in this one too. Went too far down the rabbit hole. Made millions of dollars for ten minutes of screen time. Dude, why does the world hate Jared Leto right now? The Joker and this character right here. He puts in how, how many hours of acting did he do for thirty seconds? Yeah, he of works screen his time. ass off. He definitely does. It's funny too because I, I like Jared Leto. I'm a big fan of. Well, it's weird. I like Thirty Seconds to Mars. I think they're a really good band. And they've been around since like '99. Oh, I thought that was a movie. No, no, they're a really good band. But I like all their early work, and and it's funny too because Jared Leto is a filmmaker. He has some sort of ridiculous like Bartholomew. He makes their own videos, and he understands filmmaking. He's obviously an accomplished actor. I think he won an Oscar for. Uh, did he win like best supporting actor for some the transsexual movie cowboy thing with the yeah. uh, the guy? Oh my gosh, we suck. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Mon- yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Oh, uh, Miss Doubtfire. No, that's Robin Williams. He hung himself, I think. Oh, he's dead. He didn't, didn't he die? What did no. He no, he hung no, himself he in the bathroom he after he, he masturbated probably himself. one last time. Did he? No, All he right. didn't. I thought he. No, he stop, definitely hung stop. himself. No, stop. Stop. No, we'll, he didn't we'll, stop we'll, hanging himself, we'll or he'd still be alive. Moving on, dude. No. <laughs> How did Robert Williams die? He, he, Someone he, has suicide. He hung himself. Yeah, did he really? He hung yeah. Himself. So he joined um, it the lead singer it, of In Excess, and he joined uh, the guy from Kung Fu, who but, uh, David Carradine. But for him, yeah. it was de- for him, it was depression. It wasn't auto erotic oh, asphyxiation. You, well, come on, man. There's a fine line between depression and auto erotic <laughs> asphyxiation. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, we're going to hell. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Jarrett Leto movie that he won the Best Supporting Actor was Dallas Buyers Club, where the AIDS Cowboys movie, I think. Let me read the description real quick. Um, it is, in 1985, Dallas electrician and hustler Ron Woodruff works around the system to help AIDS patients get medication they need after he is diagnosed with AIDS because he had gay sex too much. Um, the last part I added in, but... 
Yeah, so he had gay sex and he got AIDS and he won an Oscar. So AIDS gets you Oscars, boys. That's 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 the. Well, I'll work yeah. on my Oscar Phil- Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Did, I think I think Hank's got a Hank's got some sort of awards I for did, that. Did I'm Denzel sure. get the shit? I'm sure he did. Did Denzel get the share for that? Okay, yeah. let's not just get into a whole discussion <laughs> about AIDS and does AIDS win you Oscars? I do know that Harvey Weinstein wins you Oscars. So if you want to go on your knees and unless you're uh, unless you're female, I mean, sorry, I just had to throw a Harvey <laughs> Weinstein joke in there because that guy's just a bastard. Can you um, rub my shoulders for me? You're a sexy lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my God, we're so sidetracked here. We went all the way to. <laughs> Where, <are> we? <laughs> Where did we go? Dude, we I feel I feel like that old lady in the theater at the beginning. Are we in the right theater? Is this the Blade Runner? <laughs> yeah, we we went all the way from Jared. Well, it's always always about Jared Leto just putting in so much work. So the method acting that he was doing. So the story is, so he's a blind character in this movie, and for no uh, reason. For no reason, he just felt it was necessary to get into character. So he he would he put in these lenses that would intentionally blind him, uh, and he would have someone walk him around set to make sure that he could get to where he had to go. So every time he appeared on screen, which was only in one room essentially, and that room was badass. Like I want to live in that room with all the water and the occasional trout that jumps. <laughs> so and, and he, that got. That, He's a jumper. What? what? Why? He that one. He always jumps. Never thinks about what happens if he makes it to land. He'll just what? flop and Why? get back in the water. Let's drop that and shorten the movie up even more. Yeah, that they, they could have cut that. I think they needed to go through some better editing. But he he would walk in all dressed up in his little outfit there, his kimono, and um, he would be in hardcore. Like he's like, I'm in this character. Don't talk to me as anything else. And they were like, I, I, I read her some sort of description where they're like, there's a hush on the set when he would come on because he'd be so intense. Just like it's funny when he kissed that uh, the replicant oh, yeah, that the he killed. Before, that yeah. girl was not expecting that. She was like, "I'm butt ass naked." What's and Jared no Leto is stroking me. <laughs> also made no sense. Why? Oh, because she's gonna be crapped out wearing clothes. When you were born, you were naked. No one wanted to see it, but it happened. No, no, no. I'm not complaining about her being naked. That was awesome. I love any time you can have tits on screen. I'll absolutely love it. I'm probably gonna get caught in a theater one day. I'm not worried about that. But why did he kill her? Why would he kill her? Because she couldn't give birth. Yeah. Just to prove a point. She was supposed to be the new replicant that could give birth, and she couldn't. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. He's just always rapey for all of his new movies, essentially. He was a rapey clown in Suicide Squad. He's a rapey blind dude for five minutes in this. He was a rapey cowboy. Um, Actually, no, that was was Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain. Never mind. Um, so yeah, I, but although for the method acting, the good news for him was he probably only needed to do it for maybe a week on set at most. Cause he was in the movie for literally 10 minutes. So I can't I'm imagine sure millions of dollars to be, yeah, I'm sure he probably did film a lot more stuff and they just cut him out. That's cut like him the out joke. of what? That's the movie th- was the three joke. hours long. Are you kidding me? What did they cut him out of? He wasn't even the villain. Like he should, they should have, he could have been flying by when they did the flyby scenes. He's like, Wee! I don't even like want to get into a debate over uh, like the whole like replicant revolution versus like Jared Leto trying to make more. I just think it was that was like incredibly stupid. What I do want to talk about is the distracting saxophones in the first one. And I know we already talked about how loud and how the movie will just make you go deaf. At least I think we did. What? <laughs> I think I think we mentioned it, yeah, but we're deaf, so we don't remember. We don't remember whether or not we went deaf. S- yes, but it was kind of funny. I'm deaf, so my memory sucks. <laughs> so, like the throwback, 
And that's just funny because it's a noir. The original's a noir movie, and this new one, would you guys call, classify it as just straight up sci fi? Yeah, it was very sci fi. Pretty much, yeah. So it's a straight up sci fi movie, and the, the original, to me, and Scott's agreed with me, it's clearly a detective novel that they just wanted to adapt. There's like all these funny, distracting saxophones, like, like I just thought it was really funny how the soundtrack kind of dictated what the movie was. And it's funny, too, because Villanueva fired the original guy who was going to do the soundtrack for somebody else. And I'm like, that guy's not too impressive. I don't remember anything other than loud noises and the occasional throwback to the original Blade Runner movie noise, which also happened to be an alien. So which was super loud. Super, super loud. Yeah. This is the, the only movie that you can go to and have to wear earplugs. Oh, here's the funny thing, too, where I thought the original one was kind of like weirdly clever – was there was like a throwback to I know it was only what 2019 but everybody had fans it was weird like old school fans there were fans everywhere in the movie I don't know if there's a theme about fans but they were everywhere even at the end fight scene on top of the building there were fans on top of there and it's also funny that he was reading newspapers so you have Harrison Ford. Dude, go to L.A. now. There's fans everywhere. It's a million degrees every day out there, and nobody can afford air conditioning. So in the future, no one can still afford air In the air present, air no one can afford air conditioning. So they'll live There's in pyramids. fans everywhere. Pyramids with fans. Pyramids with no fans. No air conditioning. Fan pyramids. And then the other funny thing is he's reading a newspaper. So he's, like, trying to hide his face because he's like, comes up, and he's like, Hey, I'm a detective with a newspaper. You can't see who I am. Who reads newspapers? When was the last time you saw a newspaper? Anybody? Um, when my dad was beating me with it in five. At, uh, when you were five years old? Yeah. He one would wrap got, it up. One got thrown into my driveway this morning, actually. A, a newspaper. A newspaper, yes. I, I think, think it's it, all ads now. It's not even like there's no news in it. It's just a roll of paper with just coupons, and that's it. Are you sure it was paper not something it was, else? No, no, no. That delivery was, was last night. Oh. Uh, yeah, man. That was the that special was awesome, delivery. Man. I got that <laughs> delivery. That's, I watched the first Blade Runner. I loved it, man. Oh my god, this it was funny awesome. too because uh, you know Harrison Ford like gets he gets real physical with his with his woman, and then he plays like this weird gay character where he's trying to interview the snake lady, and he's like, "I'm from High Society magazine, and I'd like yeah. to interview you." That was a little. It, it's funny because the old movie was like a throwback because you know it's the. It was filmed in the 80s, but they're trying to do like a 60s movie. I didn't feel like the new movie had that kind of direction. It was like, we're just going to do a weird sci-fi movie. In fact, there's like a funny Family Guy joke about it where like every – like, oh, this is like a depressing 70s movie, sci-fi movie where everybody's a robot. And like the guy ends up like shooting himself in the head and his girlfriend takes her face off and she's mm -hmm. a robot. Like it's like everybody's robots. There's no point to it. There's no point to Ryan Gosling living. Like he doesn't want to live. Like what's the point? He didn't, what did he even sacrifice himself for? Uh, which we spoiled, but we already said spoilers. But yeah, I think the only the one mystery in the new movie is essentially just the daughter of uh, Harrison Ford's character, uh, Deckard. I think that was the only. Her name is Deckard, and his name is Decker. No, his name is Deckard. What was yeah? I name? don't know what her fucking name is. No one had names. She in this makes movie. dreams really well. I know that much, but he and didn't know like that until kid. the last scene of the movie, and then it ends with him just putting his hand on the window, and then it. I. I why did this movie exist? They're I don't so understand. They're and they're so proud of this daughter of a replicant. 
She has like autoimmune disease. She's I don't, flawed, I don't think that's real. There's flawed. no way. Is, is she, I think it was just an excuse to keep her away from people so they wouldn't be able to detect her being a replicant. Yeah, I I, know, the whole movie now. Now that we're talking about it, just makes me angry, and I want to go <laughs> beat up anybody who made. I kind of like, wish that I was sitting next to the other guy who was snoring. I could probably sleep with him. Yeah, I mean, I thought like uh, the whole movie because I never saw the first one. So as soon as I saw the the trickle down effect that Ryan Gosling might be his son, I was like, okay, this is interesting. It's like a father. So I thought like Ryan Gosling was going to kill him, and then it was going to be another Han Solo Kylo Ren situation. I'm like, Jesus Christ! All right, uh, the 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 daughter of the replicant. Andre Lucas Milnar, I believe it is. Sure. Memory okay. Child. Credited what? it as. Oh, her name oh, was Memory Child? Child. Jesus Memory Christ. Child? Memory Child. I don't know. I think this movie took itself a little too seriously. It's like, we have to replicate greatness because the original Blade Runner is great. But it's not. The original Blade Runner is an interesting take on, like, and that's what's funny too. You couldn't do that kind of movie now because. People don't have the patience for that, man. People don't have the patience for like a Humphrey Bogart movie in today's time. People aren't going to have the patience for this one. I, the, the reviews are fantastic. This is going to it's do gonna reverse horrible. Bomb. It's going to reverse bomb. I guarantee it's going to reverse gonna bomb. Because it's going to get big numbers in the beginning, and then word of mouth I think is going to kill it. No, well, see, that's the thing. I honestly – like even though it was three hours long, like Transformers, the last night was three hours long almost. And you I went to into, die by the end. I went into that wanting to see it. And I was at the end, was like, please let this fucking end. Fuck Transformers. This movie is horrible. Also, it released, what, yesterday? Last thir- Thursday night? Yeah, Friday. How many, pe- how many people were in the theater with us? Yeah, but that was... Five. We watched an early movie, and, you know... It, we it get paid shouldn't matter. When you, have, it, so. when you have a big weekend like that, or, or things going to pop... We also the movies, went to the The born. movies that we make the $80 States, million... <laughs> It's my my it theater was four million over, like the, over the yeah Thursday night previews was four million. Um, I don't know if there's an update on the Friday showing, but my theater was I fairly think crowded make like for forty a, to sixty for a ten a.m. show. My theater was fairly crowded. I, but I, can, I think it'll die off. So you were saying like you you were watching, uh, yeah, I was watching Transformers and that was horrible and that was about the same runtime. But I went into that wanting to see Transformers. This movie I didn't want to see. I had no connection to the first one. I just didn't care about it, and I knew it was three hours long. I was like, this is going to be a fucking horrible, um, horrible three hours. But I, I checked my watch maybe three times, I think once an hour. And just because it was so visually stunning, that kept me going. And thinking there was going to be some great reveal, which I guess the reveal was the whole daughter-son memory they didn't with, make it very clear either way. Yeah, th- that part was – I think the ending really took it away from me. Going into the movie, the draw through the whole movie kept me going with the visuals and the mystery that failed at the end. But, you know, I, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. It wasn't – I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's a true successor to the original. And I guess we can talk about the performances now because – Honestly, if they didn't have those performances, I don't think I would have been as interested in the movie. I mean, Ryan Gosling doesn't do a ton for me. Like, I, I don't. I think I saw him oh, in he Fractured. He does a lot for me. Of course, he does because yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he God. just does things for you, Scott. Oh my God. But I, I liked him in Fractured. I thought he was pretty good in that. I, I mean, I, I won't go see a movie just the notebook. because of him. The Notebook. He was in The Notebook. Was he in the notebook? He was the main fucking guy in the notebook. Dude, why would I see the notebook? Because you're gay. I, you love that movie. 
I love that movie. Yes, you do. Oh, wait, I've he's Canadian. He's dead to me. Never mind. I know Fuck the Canadians. two of you saw it together, and you watch it on weekends. Then but we just leave me out of that part. That was oh my god! I remember wait, that weekend. We didn't have Keanu pants Reeves on. It was amazing. Isn't Keanu Reeves in the Notebook? No, no. Isn't that where he puts his sausage in the? Uh, oh wait, that was the Note Dick. <laughs> That was the the off movie on Broadway. The oh, off, off, Mo- off Broadway. That, that, that was Moana. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh god, the Rock gave me his. So sausage. anyway, I you know Ryan Gosling doesn't do a ton for me, but I actually liked him as this. Uh, you know, he, he right off the bat, you know, he's a replicant. They say it. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He's trying to build his own life, and um, the true star of this movie. I don't know her name, but she's so beautiful. Uh, Anna de Armas. Yeah, Anna de Armas. She's Cuban-born. She was the reason I kept watching the movie. I wanted to see her every time she was on screen. She's in this girl. I can just tell you she loves to get naked because there was no – she didn't really need to get naked in it. And they're like, we'll paint you pink, put a wig on you, and get you naked. Are you cool with that? And she's like, let's do it all day long. Yeah, no, she, I think she's nude and like, uh, she's only been in a couple movies in probably three or four of them out of the... She's in a weird Keanu Reeves movie where she Yeah, she's Keanu naked Reeves. a lot in that. Yeah. She, oh. yeah. she has the privilege of raping Neo. How does that happen? I Suddenly, I, your internet went down. I wouldn't look her up nude and I can't, the internet's down. Uh, yeah, like I... I There's a child blocker on this, so... I, apparently... <laughs> Actually, it's not a child blocker. It's just a Scott blocker. <laughs> it's it's Scott free productions here. Yeah, but no. As soon as Anna opened her mouth, I'm like, oh, I, oh, I want to marry her. I want to make him a wife. And you then make I him a wife. I want to make. You were talking about Ryan Gosling. No, you? well, I want to make him my wife too. But Anna definitely more. So she could be my Ryan, husband. I love you, Ryan. Oh my God, this is but getting she, too gay. I thought she was really good, and she was really cute and uh i uh, they paraded around in a bunch of different costumes and she talks she invites a hooker for a 2.5 way yeah that wasn't quite the three way that was confusing well in all seriousness she was probably the emotional heart of the movie that was the only thing that actually kept me like 100 agree with you and the only thing that kind of pissed me off though is when she did that she she wanted to be with ryan gothling's character but obviously she's I don't know what she's classified it's as. It's so weird too because you go you're talking about replicants and then you're talking about an AI character and you're just like how much further can you go with like this like this existential crisis stuff? Like you, you can't have replicants talking about being in love with AI characters and then who's real and who's not real? Like can you just tighten it up a little bit? Give us a little bit more meat in the plot instead of like all this existential crisis stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great storyline. I mean, there was uh, it felt real. I mean, other than they, they clearly made you realize every time that she was on screen that she was like kind of hollow. You could yeah. see through her. Um, and then Hooker says something to her like, "God, that's how I love my women." She goes, that was th- she says something to her like, um, "You're not as too." She's like, "Oh, you're not I, as you're inside re- me. You're only you're more hollow than you think you are." Yeah, you're not so as real as you lies. think you are. Something yeah, something like that. But that was that was a weird scene where she and that's racist. <laughs> it's totally racist coming from a, a replicant's like, hey, AI, bitch, you're not as real as you think you are. And it's like, fuck you. You're a goddamn replicant. Was she? Re- was the hooker replicant? Yeah. Remember, she came at the end and she's AI like, you can trust. Matter, oh, man. yeah. 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 AI lies matter. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's I, AI okay. lives well, do matter. Yeah. That's okay. Especially now, if they're anadarmous. Especially if they're her. She me. matters. All the time, every day, please. Yeah, so uh, now that, that you guys just talked about the whole hooker thing, and that made me think about hookers, but 
the the part where she wanted to have sex with uh, Kay, so she invited the hooker in. She synced with them, so it was kind of like Kay could see. The special effect was pretty cool. Yeah, like she could see. She was awesome as a, as far as like effects go. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so then she invites her over to sync with her so that she can be with Kay. And then the hooker is working with Love, who works with uh, Jared Leto's character Wallace. She's not working with L- Wallace. She slips a tracker into his yeah, but his that's jacket. Di- that's the that's the resistance. That's that was Sapper's like one of Sapper's. Also, never explained. Never explained. But yeah, she's they not didn't. working with Wallace. Well, that because slipping that thing into his pocket, tracking them, no, it's led not. to that's not how led to there. Joy's death. Because that's how they found her. No, no, that's no, how no. Fa- Wallace no. found her. Okay, so Wallace Love found him because she tortured. Oh yeah, and, and then her th- took yeah, it from yeah. the thing. The and because Love didn't even think. I, I don't. There's a lot of red herrings in this movie. So breaking down the plot. It, th- see, that's the problem. And when you once you start breaking down the plot, you're like, this is just annoying. I don't even want to talk about there's, it. Yeah, it there's nothing there. Me. There's nothing yeah, there. It's just all. It's all red herrings and bullshit. Like the the evil chick. Like I don't know, she just wanted to make her daddy happy. Like, I I, I didn't. Eat, I don't know. I didn't get a real good feel for her, especially considering like, you know, uh, the joy is like the emotional heart of this movie. Like, she mattered more than like any other character because Joe is like, doesn't react to anything. He's like one emotional outburst in the whole movie, and it's like. He was more reserved in his emotion because, like, with the part where he had his whatever the thing where he takes joy with him. I don't know if that's called. It's called something in the movie. I forget what yeah, it's called. Encapsulator, emulator, yeah. emulator. Yeah. I think it's an emulator. And then the love character walks up and just crushes it. And as soon as she's about to be crushed, she runs to Joe and says, "I love you." And then gets cut off and then gets destroyed. He just like closes his eyes, like I fucking hate my life right now. Well, that's where I think he's just like I, I don't need to live anymore because I, I don't want to live without her. Yeah, which is cool. It, the, they had so many cool moments too that could have been explored further. Like when they take his car down, like he, he's flying over like the trash heap, and there's like clearly people who live in the trash heap or whatever it is, and they use like that lightning thing to knock him out of the ground. The guy's got this badass drone thing that kind of like does crime scene stuff. There's a lot of really cool elements to the movie, but when you add everything together, I feel like as hollow as Joy did. Like I really just feel like. Something You're just was dead missing. inside, man. I'm just dead. I don't feel dead inside. I feel like uh, I wasted some time. They could have done better. And I feel like the original Blade Runner, even though I'm not like the biggest fan in the world of it, deserved like a little bit more substance because I think what's unique about the original Blade Runner, besides the effects and the fact that they're trying to do something that no one had ever done before is you don't necessarily know who the protagonist is and who the villain is because they both can theoretically stand on moral high ground. There's none of that in here. There's no real conflict. No. First, first the lieutenant's evil because she wants to cover everything up. And then the, the – And she wants to cover everything up because it's a bomb because what? Because like there's yeah. going to be a war between replicants and humans. And then, and then love. And then love is evil because she's working for Jared Leto. But Jared Leto isn't really evil. He just wants to expand more replicants. Yeah, because he said society became. Uh, well, too he wants to expand like, uh, which I think is cool. It's a very interesting concept, which I'm actually a big fan of. It's actually uh, explored really deeply in uh, Frank Herbert's Dune series. Where if you think about mankind, the only way that mankind can survive is if we expand beyond our universe. 
and if we expand or expand beyond like our galaxy and if we colonize so many planets that we don't even know where all the humans are like that's the only way to keep humanity going i think it's a really cool concept and jared leto hints to that by saying like i can only count he's like we've only expanded to nine planets he's like a child can count that high he he's like we need to spread humanity and the only way we can do that is by on the backs of uh, a, a workforce and it's interesting because he's talking about you know, we think we're, you know, really high, like we're evolved people, but we've really just changed into different modes. And for humanity to expand, um, Frank Herbert explores this, is we would have to go back to like a medieval society where you have like lords who, who protect people in order to expand. It's like a whole philosophical debate. And I thought it was cool. Like they started exploring some really interesting philosophical things. But – Instead of being focused on them, it was like, let's go all over the place. Let's we're have not like we're not expanding humanity. I mean, towards the end of it, you had the the uprising. You had the robot uprising at there the end. No so there's no robots either. I don't think the android, the the replicant, the, the replicants, the, yeah. the the rebellion. Well, wait a second. We're humans. We don't want the rebellion of the replicants. So are they some of the good guys? Now I'm supposed to sympathize with the with the replicants. Well, that's the point. Is they were trying to duplicate something that had happened in the first one, where you know Rucker's ha- Rucker Hauer's character at the very end of the original Blade Runner, Rucker Hauer, they all have these four-year lifespans, and they realize they meet their maker, and their maker says, "There's no way to fix that. There's just nothing we can do about it. I can't help you." So they kill their maker, which is obviously a crime. But Deckard, at the very end, is trying to like hunt down these last two replicants, and ends up getting beat to hell by them but rucker howard's character saves decker and is like he realizes his own humanity as a replicant by saving someone else and that's where and we use dies. the narration trick again where the main character has to narrate the fact that maybe in the end this guy felt more human than he ever did before and that's their tagline too from the original is there supposed to be more human than human yes i know both movies put you to sleep <laughs> but there's just not I think there's a lot of cool philosophical di- stuff to discuss, but in the end, I think 2049 comes up a little empty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was in doing in, t- in kind of talking about it a little more. I, I appreciated a little more with different different aspects, but then I also kind of hated a lot more. I, I was more even keeled coming out of it. Now it's more of a love and hate uh, dichotomy with how, how I view the movie. But uh, it, if we were to have one final take on it. Um, and, and how it affected us and how it kind of lives up to the hype and uh, the 35-year wait for the sequel. What would you guys think? Well, I think it's funny that in the original Blade Runner, uh, a FaceTime costs about $1.25. Because <laughs> that actually happens in the movie. They charge him $1.25 to talk to yeah, uh, Rachel. Yeah, when she hangs up on him. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's $1.25. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm t- I, I, I still agree. Uh, I don't hate it. I do have the love-hate relationship with it because I wanted it to be more than what it was. I really love the performances. I definitely don't think it should have been three hours. They should have tightened it up. That, that shit was way too long. And uh, visually, it looked amazing. There's a lot of really great special effects. I would have liked to see a little more maybe practical effects. I, I don't know. But I, I'm still – I'm, I'm not going to say I'm on the fence because – I don't necessarily recommend it. I don't think the broad, like broad audiences, are going to get it or want to do it or want to like put in three hours for it. Um, so I'm not going to recommend it to other people. Visually, it was amazing. However, 
the people that made this movie were deaf, so they had no memory. <laughs> they did the flybys that didn't work in Star Trek The Motion Picture. They tried recreating a cult classic where you don't recreate cult classics. They just kind of form on their own. That is true. That and, is true. and they're trying to recreate it almost word for word from the visual flybys to the city to the music to even bringing back Harrison Ford. I, they're trying to recreate a cult classic, and it failed. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. Well, that's a lot of hate. Yes. It's, it's, uh, I'll give it a five hate review. A five, five out of five hates. Five out of five hates. It gave me a new actress to masturbate to later, so that's a win for me. Okay, that that's definitely a win. Um, and I hollow, hollow, just like you like your women. Oh my god, I love the dolls. Is that a little weird? I I I don't want to. We don't have to like debate this, but it's a little weird that like this hot chick and like the soul of the movie is hollow. Like that's a little, uh, oh, yeah. is that a little down putting? That, like a that, little, that the most emotional character never existed. Yeah. The most emotional character in the movie was AI and never existed. It's more emotional than humans in the movie, which yeah, they need to go back through and do a human count and figure out how many people were actually human. Three. I do want to give a little shout out to the guy who played, uh, the guy who got killed, the the dude, he's in a ton of really great movies. Underrated actor, N- he's a character actor, never gets any credit. I don't know who he is. I will find out his name at some point. Was I saw he him. white, black? He was a white dude, and he was the, his name was like Crow or something like that. Oh the yeah, the guy examiner. in the the Dark Knight movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know his name, Wait, in, but in twenty forty nine, he yeah. plays the weird. He always plays a weird character. He was in Gotham. He played the He's pseudo in Joker. Some of the greatest movies. Bones. He was. He was Bones. His name was Bones. In this, I, in the movie. Yeah, in twenty forty nine. I think I thought I'm, it was Crow. I'm, no, no, I don't know about that. No, let me look it up. I can't find it. Um, I mean, there's only five actors in the whole movie. No, there's a lot of people. Scavenger 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Orphanage Boy. Yeah, they don't do this in a very easy way for me. What he was, he played, uh, he he was in Dark Knight, a great role in that, where he played one of the Joker's uh, henchmen. And uh, Two Face gets a hold of him. I, d- I don't remember. Doc Badger. What the guy who died? In the back of the head. What is this guy's by, name? By, by Oh love. yeah, that guy. Right, he's, this, he's a great this, character this actor. Just me. pops up. Yeah. Um, Dark. Th- Thomas the Mar- the Marquis. Oh, you file, file clerk. No, he's not file clerk. He has That's a name. the bald headed dude. He has a name. Who goes down into the? In, the he's not the bald headed. The guy dude. with the bones, right? No, he's the guy. He's the medical examiner who worked for the LAPD. You guys All right, no, uh, no, I'm, we're not ending this until I find this guy's fucking. Well, name. I'm l- looking at it right uh, now. Well, the interesting thing is, I saw him on TV, and he's a huge horror film actor, or not, not even just actor. He's a huge horror, horror film buff, and uh, I think he's a really great actor. I think he deserves to get some more roles. It was really cool to see him in this movie, especially, you know, tw- aha. Uh, his name is David Dasmalchian. Well, David Dasmelchian, we're big fans. We hope to see you do more. Coco. His name was Coco. His name was Coco. See, Crow, Coco. Coco. Not that much different. Coco. Either way, great job, guy. We're really big <laughs> fans here. Uh, our reviews will kill you. Or rev- Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. And now for accepting being, the nomination. For being super awesome. For being from one random you. awesome character in an otherwise horrible movie. <laughs> David Dasmelchian. 
Good way to go, buddy. Uh, does anybody uh, noob noob any plugs? Anything you want to talk about? Um, Harrison want to die. Harrison Ford has good stubble. Okay, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's a good place. How about? You there, Scooty Puff Jr. Well, there's always the usual ones to go to. KeeblerMedia.com, ScottWillKillYou.com. Tons and tons of stuff coming. Nobody gives a shit about your stuff, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Although there is a big project that you're just about to finish up. Yes, so Scott Will Kill Your Productions teamed up with called Blue Iron Productions and made a TV show called Blue Iron. Oh, enough. God, that thing? Okay. Shh. Yes. <laughs> uh, just mastered, just went through Letter Mastering. 8 Media Mastering House All and right. will be getting distributed very soon. Keep an eye on scottwillkillyou.com, uh, com, all the outlets I have, and you'll be hearing more about that very soon. I have watched the trailer for that and is better than Fergie and Jesus having sex with a gay baby. Well, that's an outstanding review. And on uh, that note... Hey, I still have to uh, say, at least for our Orc You uh, listeners and fans, we are going to have our YouTube uh, channel starting very soon. We do actually film all of these reviews so you can see our lovely faces. So not only can you hear us, you can see us as well. Yes. Aren't you lucky? You can enjoy us and in... The flesh. Here's looking at you, Internet World. And hopefully, we'll get a Patreon site up, and we'll actually start doing like real social media, Tequila, right? and you'll be able to interact with us, even though some of us are completely blind to social media and live underground like hobbits. Uh, the rest of us will actually interact and talk to you. We'd love to get any submissions from you, pictures of your girlfriends. Yes, pictures. <laughs> we will still review your girlfriends. We'll hopefully put them up on the walls. Maybe Dick we'll picks. change the setting Coming around. Coming soon. We do have a wall of, of things. And, uh, we, we, we have lots of Review your girlfriend.com. You yeah, this is going on way too long. Uh, <laughs> so as far as plugs go, here's uh, from us at Orc U. Uh, love y'all. Stay uh, chill.